Trading in futures products entails significant risk of loss, which must be understood prior to trading and may not be appropriate for all investors. Good morning, everybody. It's Wednesday, December 27th. It is 5.27 a.m. Central Time. Welcome back. Hope you guys had a Merry Christmas and a nice break from this day today grain market nonsense that we provide here. Um, markets are a little bit lower this morning. Mackenzie, let's start off with this uh, Russia-Ukraine story. According to Ukrainian officials, an overnight raid destroyed a large Russian warship on Monday, on Monday night in Crimea. Russian state media reported that the ship was only damaged, but one person was killed and four were injured. It was also reported that two Ukrainian warplanes were shot down during the attack. However, the Ukrainian Air Force is denying this claim. The ground war between Ukraine and Russia has come to a near standstill. Ukrainian aid package Packages are stalled in both Washington and Europe, leaving leaving the country short of artillery shells. Wheat futures rallied sharply yesterday on this. Corn and soybeans kind of uh, followed the wheat market. I think that would be my take on it. So this uh, this occurred in Crimea, which is Russian occupied. So Ukraine landed a blow within uh, Russian territory, essentially. And the market cares about this because Russia has been and will continue to be the world's top wheat exporter. And if the trade believes even for one second that there's a small chance that Russian wheat shipments are disrupted, it's going to rally. Now, that being said, these uh, rallies associated with any of the Black Sea stuff, most of them have been short lived. If they last for two or three days, that's kind of the exception. Whereas, you know, a year, year and a half ago, this was like the biggest deal in the world when it comes to the market. We have seen large money managers uh, cover shorts in the wheat market. It kind of started when China started to buy SRW wheat out of the U.S. and and then it kind of stalled and, and maybe we're going to see some more of that now. I'm sure funds were net buyers of everything across the board yesterday. We'll get to that um, in a minute here, but this is what drove price action largely uh, on Tuesday coming in after the uh, Christmas break. Can we continue today? I don't know. Uh, wheat futures are what four, five, six, seven cents lower uh, as we speak here, so uh, not any follow through yet. Could be different by the time you guys see this or watch this. U.S. Customs and Border Protection opened uh, reopened the railroad border crossings at Eagle Pass and El Paso, Texas on Friday. The crossings had been closed since Monday in response to the CBP shifting personnel around to handle another surge of migrants. According to Union Pacific, the closures last week res resulted in nearly 10,000 rail cars being held up on both sides of the border. Union Pacific and BNSF are now working to restore normal Normal operations as they work through the five-day backlog of shipments. The president of the Association of American Railroads said this on Friday, and this happened after the markets had closed on Friday, I believe. The Biden administration made the right decision to protect our supply chain and keep goods moving between the U.S. and Mexico. In the face of the unprecedented humanitarian crisis, Customs and Border Patrol has been working under exceptionally difficult circumstances, but these ill-advised closures were a blunt force tool that did nothing to bolster law enforcement capacity. I'm no expert on the border situation. I have no hot take on the border situation, but I feel like it's a policy thing and not something that's going to be solved by closing <clears throat> a couple of uh, rail crossings. So <clears throat> they made the right move here. And this is good news. As we mentioned last week, Mexico accounts for like half of all U.S. corn export sales this year. So we very much need to be uh, sending corn via rail to Mexico. So this is uh, good news, I say.
So if you guys have not checked out our premium content, you need to do so. You will not find content like this anywhere else. Joe, can you tell me about some of the videos uh, you put together last week? Uh, Matt, <clears throat> Matt Bennett was on Wednesday. When will I have a chance to sell corn? What are some of the uh, potential scenarios that could unfold here over the next several weeks that would allow you an opportunity to market corn? Meaning like what could cause a rally in the corn market right now? Uh, this was a really popular video that we did. That was out on Wednesday. On Thursday, Paul Niefer was on. If you guys are a larger operation and you trade a lot of equipment, uh, this is a must watch deal. Equipment trades can equal more taxes. Paul discusses this in detail. This was really popular. And then on Friday, um, I gave Jim some shit. I gave Jim some shit because he's been talking recession and now it looks like there's no recession. But uh, we talked about interest rates and that's something we've been talking about on Macro Friday. Um, every other Friday, we talked about gold, silver, stock market, a um, couple other things. We talked about kind of like the outside market influences. If you guys want to see the premium stuff, there is a new video every single business day that goes along with our morning email. Morning email is jam-packed full of info at 5 a.m. Central Time every single day. Uh, this is a $50 per month subscription. Cancel at any time. No other fee, no other obligation. Nobody will try to sell you anything else. Uh, give this deal a shot this morning, guys. I'll forward you a copy of this morning's email. Early soybean harvest has begun down in Brazil. As of last Friday, Brazilian farmers had harvested about 1% of the soybean crop in Mato Grosso. This is the earliest on record that soybeans have ever been harvested in the Brazilian state. Drought conditions have forced farmers to forego the crop and begin harvesting. Yields are expected to be the lowest in 40 years. Okay, so... Yields on the super early stuff that's in terrible shape may be the lowest in 40 years. I wouldn't bet necessarily that the yields in Mato Grosso or anywhere as as a whole are going to be the lowest in 40 years. The weather setup doesn't look terrible to me. The next five days, the rains are going to be really sparse. But then when you look at the 10-day euro, they're going to get rains where they need it. Uh, Southern Brazil is going to be drier, but they've been way too wet. So that's not a bad thing. And then your central and northern areas, which have been dry, are going to catch the rains. You look at the soybean market and the price action there, the market right now is not overly concerned about this situation. I think the market seems like most of the people I talk to or listen to, they're they're they agree that the crop's not going to be 161 or 162 like the uh, government entities have advertised, but I think a lot of people are still of the opinion that Brazilian soybean production is probably going to fall somewhere in the mid 150s, maybe low 150s. If you're a real doomer, maybe in the 140s. That's kind of where it stands now. It's it's subject to change, but that's not a disaster. It's just not as good as maybe what we thought it could have been a couple months ago. Large money managers increased their net short position in the corn market last week. During the week ending December 19th, the funds were net sellers of 33,000 contracts of corn and 21,000 contracts of soybeans. The funds were net buyers of 4,000 contracts of SRW wheat on the week. Uh, premium subs, you guys have the weekly fund tracker charts in your email this morning. Um, so... There was uh, there was very clearly some fund buying yesterday, but on the whole, there's not a whole lot of uh, enthusiasm for upside price movement here. The uh, the fund long in soybeans is very minimal. You've got pretty si a pretty sizable net short in corn, and again, we have seen some short covering in SRW wheat. I don't think the funds were long SRW wheat like all through the 2023 calendar year, so it's it's been a long time since they've uh, held a, a net long there. And I don't know if that's where we're headed. I, I would be surprised by that. I'd be pleasantly surprised by that, but um, still not a lot of uh, bullish enthusiasm. 
U.S. soybean shipments were poor last week. USDA reported that 1.1 million metric tons of soybeans were inspected for export during the week ending December 21st. The print was down 25% compared to the previous week and 40% versus the same week last year. Corn shipments increased 13% versus the prior week at 1.1 million metric tons. Wheat shipments were strong at 428,663 metric tons, increasing a whopping 51% compared to the previous week and 17% versus the same week last year. That corn number, uh, 1.08, is actually like sneaky, really good. That's the best seasonal print for corn shipments in at least 10 years, meaning the best for this particular week in time. Soybean number was poor. Uh, wheat number's okay. Uh, on the whole, I think we're kind of where we need to be in order to hit USDA targets with exports. A lot of people would say that with wheat, uh, USDA may even need to come up a little bit, and I don't disagree with that. We had a cattle on feed report. Oh, here's my uh, chart of corn shipment. So that was the best in uh, best seasonal print in 10 years, uh, the corn shipment number, which is, um, that's good, I guess. And yes, we did have a cattle on feed report come out yes, on Friday. Uh, cattle on feed as of December 1st were reported at 103% of year ago levels, slightly above the forecasted 102.2%. A large chunk of this 3% increase is related to the eight months of slow marketings that we've seen. Placements in November were reported at 98% of year ago levels, higher than the expectation of 96.2%. Marketings last month were 93% of year ago levels, which was steady with the anticipated 93.2%. The report is considered mostly neutral to bearish, and we did see the cattle market open lower on Tuesday in response to the report. However, the market had an impressive rally to finish the finish the day. Live cattle futures closed an average of a buck 11 higher. Feeder, uh, feeder cattle closed an average of 134 higher. Part of the reason that the market was able to overlook the cattle on feed report was stronger cash cattle trade that we saw last week. In the north, cattle traded at 171 to 172, which was three to four dollars higher compared to the previous week. And down in the south, we saw cattle trade at 171, which was steady to a buck higher. If you're looking for a bottom in the cattle market, it's a really good sign. So we've been in in bear market territory, I would argue, since those highs were posted back in like September. So when you're able to rally on bearish news in really what's been a bear trend, I mean, that's a good sign. One day doesn't make a trend. One day doesn't mean that we've bottomed, but uh, not a bad sign at all. Outside markets here on Wednesday, guys, US dollars just a little bit lower. Stocks are about flat. Bonds up just a little bit. Crude oil is down 57 cents in the February WTI, 75 bucks even last trade. Everybody have a great day today. We'll talk to you on Thursday.